Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, bringing you this week's episode of Sherlock Holmes. you got a comment, uh, please send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Please cast your vote uh, over at podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. Um, and fill out our listener survey. We're up to about 50, but ideally I'd like to have about 100. That's survey.greatdetectives.net. Well, we're going to get into today's uh, story. This one uh, is interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, the episode we listened to last week was the only episode of Sherlock Holmes from the 1940-41 to 41 season. This is the only episode uh, from the 1941 to 42 season that I could find. Uh, this is based on the uh, mystery, uh, the, myst- uh, the adventure of the Red Circle. Um, the old-time radio logs and such call it Mrs. Warren's Key, but I don't see a basis in the um, uh, script for or the recording itself for this titling, but it's a little bit different than the Red Circle, so. We'll just go ahead and go with that on the uh, titling. Um, this is gonna. This will be uh, a little interesting for several reasons. This comes from December seventh, nineteen forty-one, which, if you know your history, is when the Japanese uh, bombed uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, what What makes this episode interesting is, is of course, Sherlock Holmes went on the air. Uh, usually. Uh, when something as catastrophic as Pearl Harbor happens, all programming just ends up totally uh, preempted. Uh, as, uh, the, as the news goes into regurgitation constantly, um, this, however, uh, was recorded uh, before we had the 24-hour news cycle. However, we did get a very important piece of information, so you kind of get a picture of how uh, news gathering uh, and news reporting worked on the radio before the 24-hour news cycle. So a little bit of sociological uh, uh, fun there as well. I uh, apologize, this is not a the best recording uh, out there. Uh, it's listenable, but uh, prefer better. But I think for the historic value, you'll enjoy it. Um, before we do get started, I do want to remind you, as you make your, your plans for the new year, if you're starting a, a new business, uh, you need a website. And a great place to get it is one and one the world's number one web host with millions of customers around the world. Uh, they're our host. We strongly recommend them, and we rely on them each week to bring you the great detectives of old-time radio. If you like uh, great web hosting and to help the great detectives of old-time radio, um, go to hosting.1and1.com. Uh, even if you don't need a new web host, they've got great deals on domain name, uh, packages to suit whatever your computing need, uh, your web hosting needs are. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into today's episode, Mrs. Warren's Key. This is Sherlock Holmes, starring Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. 
the makers of bromoquinine cold tablets bring you another adventure of Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone of Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce of Dr. Watson. Friends, when you're the victim of a cold, remember this. Bromoquinine cold tablets are made exclusively to help relieve the usual distress of cold. They're not a cure-all. They're made for one purpose and one purpose only, to help relieve the common miseries of a cold. The aches, the pain, the fever, and nasal stuffing. That's why they do such an effective job. Give yourself the advantages of specialized medication. When a cold attacks, take bromoquinine cold tablets as directed and only as directed. Now, here we are again in our official armchair in front of Dr. Watson's fireplace, waiting for the good doctor to uh, put down the evening paper. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. Manning. I didn't see you come in. I was reading about your latest American gang shooting. Yes, crime seems to be riding high, wide, and handsome in most of our big cities, I'm afraid. What a pity we haven't got Mr. Sherlock Holmes on the job. Yes, that's just what I was thinking. But on the other hand, these gangs of racketeers have sprung up since he was tired. Perhaps he wouldn't know how to handle it. Rubbish. I remember just one case we handled back in 94. It was concerned with Giordiano, the worst gang leader New York ever had. They didn't call it racketeering in those days, but it amounted to the same thing. Kidnapping, blackmailing, bombing, terrorizing innocent people by during the course of that particular case, Sosiano had one man taken for a ride, as you, you call it. Uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, it's a bad story. In December in the year 1894, Holmes and I were sitting in our rooms in Vegas. Well, I thought you said this story was about the head of a New York gang. Yes, so I did, Miss Manning, so I did, don't you interrupt. Even famous gangsters have been known to travel about from time to time. Well, as I was saying, Holmes and I were sitting in our rooms in Baker Street, and our housekeeper, Mrs. Hudson, must have been a friend of her, a landlady who kept lodgings in Great Ormond Street. Holmes invited her to sit down. The poor woman was obviously harassed and kept sucking away at the fringe of her cape. <laughs> Hudson tells me that you've been having some difficulty with the lodger, Mrs. Uh, uh, Warren, Warren, no, that's you, the name, sir. Uh, no, Mr. Holmes, you shouldn't call it difficulty I'm having. And it was a lodger that was easier to do for. It's just that I don't see him from one weekend to the other. Oh, come now. That's nothing to be uneasy about. My person, Mrs. Warren, if I be your lodger, there would be many occasions when you wouldn't see me for weeks at a time. I work a good deal at night, you know, and do my sleeping by day. Oh, no <laughs> doubt, Mr. Holmes. This is different. He never goes out, not even at night. I've waited up to find out. I never see his face, not even when he pays his bills. Not a sign of him ever seen for the last three weeks. And how do you know he's still there? Like he's trying to get away from something? Oh, it frightens me, Mr. Holmes. I can't sleep for fright. Mm. When did this Roger first come to you? Three weeks, that was why. Yes, returns and I think this is still in the week. If he does a fine sitting room and bedroom all complete night at the top of the house. Yes, yes, indeed. Go on. Well, Mr. Holmes, he takes to me, I'll pay five pounds a week. I can have it on me on terms. He took a ten-pound note out of his pocket then and then and gave it to me two weeks in advance. Then he says he's to be left entirely to himself and never for any excuse are we to disturb him. So he's at the rooms and hasn't been out since. Oh, yes, he is, sir. What? But I thought you said that he Just just what it was, sir, that first night. He went out and returned very late. He was all in bed, but I heard him walking up the stairs. And his door shut and laughed. Oh, he kicked the block. And I ain't seen him since. But his meals... How did he get his meal? Well, when he rings, I take a tray up and leave it on a chair outside his door. 
Then when he rings again, I goes and puts the tray away empty. If he's wanting anything else, he left it on a bit of paper and keeps it on the tray. I see. Have you brought any of those bits of paper with you? Yes. Yes, Mr. Holmes. There's just been three. Good. Here they are. Uh-huh. Good today. Oh. Most interesting. Written with a broad, pointed, violet ticket pencil and printed. Oh, what do they say? Oh, the messages are quite a comic, my dear Watson. So, David is wet and snatched. They open up a very pleasing field of intelligent speculation. Suggestive, Watson, very suggestive. No, the gentleman's chasing very unusual about those papers. No. That's printed. The gentleman doesn't wish Mrs. Warren to obtain a sample of his handwriting. And here, look, look. On this lip, ask me for soap, a corner has been torn away. It is evident it's a mark, perhaps a substance. Make it a clue to the man's identity. Furthermore, the person is undoubtedly a foreigner. Oh, how do you deduce, sir? When he writes match, not matches. You must look the word up in the dictionary. Which gave only the singular, of course. Now, Mrs. Warren, what's your lodger look like when he came to take the room? Uh, youngish he was, Mr. Holmes. Not over 30. Middle size, dark, and he had a beard. Spoke English? Yes, sir. He spoke English well enough. But with an accent, he was a father. Uh-huh. What did I tell you, Watson? What did I tell you? Did he give his name? No, sir. He had any letters or callers? No, sir. Where did he retire when you or the girl go in to do his in the morning? We don't go in, sir. Just for himself. Oh, I see. Yes, interesting. And uh, you say nothing has come out of that room? Absolutely nothing? Just two burnt matches and a cigarette end. They were on the tray this morning. You brought them with you? Oh, that I did, sir. Mrs. Hudson told me about how you said nothing was too small to take notice of. Mrs. Hudson was right. Yes, uh, uh, sir. Here you these matches were used to light cigarettes. <laughs> How can you tell what the matches were used for? Quite obvious, my dear. What's quite obvious? The shortness of the burnt end. At least half a match is consumed in lighting a pipe or a cigar. Hello, hello. Well, well, well. This cigarette is certainly remarkable. Yes, this is Warren. The gentleman who is now living in your rooms is not the gentleman who engaged them. No, no. Um, you can't tell us that. You can reduce that from the cigarette. Elementary, my dear. What's an elementary? That's the size of the thing. I believe you said the first gentleman had a beard, Mrs. Warren. Yes, sir. A black beard it was, and a flowing moustache. Yes, yes. Now, take the cigarette. Yes. Only a clean-shaven man could have smoked it down this far. Why, Watson, even that whistle you call a moustache, moustache would have been sent. Yes, that's not very funny. Perhaps he used a holder. Impossible, my dear fellow. Notice the way that it's matted at the end. No, no, it's um, a different person entirely. How could he have got in? Well, he went out the first night, Mrs. Warren tells us. Oh, but did the same man return? I think not. I think it was the second chap who came back. The one for whom the first man took the room. Perhaps they both returned. Possibly in the There are two men in those rooms. Excellent, my dear Watson. Excellent. You're coming along. <laughs> now, tell me, Mrs. Warren. Uh, how much does the fellow eat? Would it be enough to? Oh, no, sir. He's so little. I often wonder if he can keep life in one. Well, that's settled that. Oh? Well, Mrs. Warren, there seems to be nothing more to be done for the moment. I hardly think the situation is dangerous, at least not for the present. Mm-hmm. But keep us informed of any further developments. Oh, thank you, Mr. Holmes. I, I believe you in my mind already. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Not at all. Good day, gentlemen. Oh, good day. Good day, Mr. Warren. Look here, Holmes. You're not going to go fucking about in this affair. The man is probably just a harmless extension of some sort. You never know, Watson. You never know. Whoever he is, he's living in terror. Huh? Terror... Of what, I wonder? Oh, rubbish. Science, who's going to foot the bill? What do you expect to get out of a case like this? Education? Education. The pursuit of knowledge, Watson, is my great hobby. Pursuit of knowledge of the foot. Curiosity, that's what it is. 
plain, unadulterated curiosity. Oh, possibly, Watson, possibly. Education, pursuit of knowledge, curiosity. That's the all amount the same thing. Yes, where are you going to look for your education in this case, if I may ask? In the Daily Gazette, my dear fellow, in the Daily Gazette. A newspaper is often a very storehouse of knowledge. Ah, there's 
That's about nine out of every ten druggists recommend bromoquinine cold tablets as an effective aid in the relief of the usual cold symptoms. And in addition, the majority of these druggists said the bromoquinine cold tablets were their largest selling tablets made exclusively for the common distress of cold. Friends, when you have the usual symptoms of a cold, get the preparation your druggist probably recommends. Time-proven bromoquinine cold tablets and take only as directed. Bromo, B-R-O-M-O. Quinine, Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Bromoquinine cold tablets. Well, I guess. What is it, Holmes? What's happened? 
I have a come. Oh, Sue, what is it? What have you done with me? You must prepare yourself for a last shock. My husband, what has happened? What are you hiding from me? Who is that on the floor? I beg of you not to. Oh, let me say, let me see. Look for the letters LBQ on the tablet. 
And always ask for them by name. Bromo. B-R-O-M-O. Quinine. Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Bromo Quinine Cold Tablet. Now, Dr. Watson, what about next week? Well, next week I think I'll tell you an invention that took me on a wild goose chase halfway across the continent of Europe. A case which home solved by opening a coffin. You have been listening to a Sherlock Holmes adventure adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Adventure of the Red Circle, with Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. The dramatization was by Edith Miser. Musical interlude composed and conducted by Luke Osler. This program is presented from Hollywood each week at this time by the makers of Romo Quinine Soul Tablets. Prompt relief for cold distress. This is not managed. Christmas seals are the stamps that help fight tuberculosis. Your contribution to the health and strength of our nation. Buy your Christmas seals today. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. You know, the the most enjoyable thing in the world to watch Sherlock Holmes do. Um, and, and you know, I, I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of uh, and seen a lot of people try to emphasize different things about Holmes. But the best thing uh, to me is just to see him work to start pulling these um, uh, facts uh, that. Um, that are obvious to him, but to no one else, um, it's a it's a, a pleasure to listen to. Um, and this episode had plenty of that. the The other thing that uh, the other thing that I, I I found interesting was the news bulletin. You notice that news bulletin came in the middle, announced President Roosevelt um, was uh, addressing Congress, and I believe this episode. Um, I, uh, was transcribed, so you know they just basically went right back to where they had uh, been in the script. You didn't miss anything. It was like a uh, had to be no more than twenty second uh, notice that President Roosevelt was going to speak to Congress. You know, I have to wonder how those poor people in the nineteen forties survived. How could they understand what was going on if the news anchor didn't first of all? Um, explain everything that they already knew and had seen um, and had heard beforehand about what happened on Pearl Harbor, and then bring in a Democrat and a Republican to discuss what the president was going to say and what he would need to say in his speech. How could they do that? I, I mean, uh, an announcement like this would take five minutes. Um, and on a 24-hour on a news station, it would take... Um, you know, they would take, I don't know, 15 minutes to uh, go over this. Uh, I, I think that they did have a better idea when we were in the pre-24-hour uh, new, news segment. we got to know what's going on, uh, but we don't need to know it to death. But All right, well, that's my little observation based on that. Uh, got any comments, uh, please feel free to send them my way, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, uh, please uh, cast your vote for us, Podcast Alley, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. Uh, but from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Tomorrow 
Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.